Just how pleased are we to get the season out the way? Just how pleased are we to get Todd Downing out the way? And Miles going swimming with Harry? This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Standing on the arrowhead at Arrowhead. Brinkley to snap. Turn to hold. Snap. Set. Kick on the way. Good! One safety in this half. Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derek Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Hi, everyone. Welcome along. This is considering the defeat on Saturday night, a much more positive mood to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Quite a bit of, oh, I think this is going to be upbeat. And there you go. I've said that. This is Adam Neil's with me. Hi, Neil. Hi, guys. You're going to have to guide me through this because I haven't seen the game in full. Uh, the game, the game doesn't matter. It doesn't. I, I mean, think, we, uh, we, could, we could touch on it, but I mean, it doesn't I particularly missed anything. No, no. Um, maybe a bit of anger, but we're past that. We're way past that. Greg is here if we need the anger. Hi, Greg. How are you? Ready and raring to go. It's, uh, it's It's actually been quite a nice couple of days after... What was a pretty depressing Saturday. It's been it's been a good few days, but last night was all it was all about. Finally, it's happened. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether you are going to be happier about Stevenage or Todd Downing, but we we'll probably get to both. Um, Harry is here as well. Speaking about Stevenage, um, I don't know what they they were doing. Um, are you over that yet, Harry? I mean, as as we all know, Stevenage are a world class side, respected around the world. All of our listeners would have heard of them. Um, especially well, before they the will weekend. if they so, listen to this. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm not not surprised that you know Villa got unstuck in the last ten minutes by Dendonka, who looked like a liability the whole game. And then, yeah, I just I just don't want to get into it. Basically, it's been a painful weekend of sport, and then brightened up yesterday. So uh, you know, it's much like British weather. You know, stormy and rainy to begin with, but come some point in the year, we might get some sun, and that's what we finally got. <laughs> The, the weather has been absolutely woeful, but we're not here to talk about that. Um, we should touch on the game on Saturday, by the way. And it was a game that, like a lot of games in the second half of this year, you're watching it thinking, we could win this. We probably won't, but we could win this. And it was a similar pattern. I, we had a lead. I think we've had a lot of leads this year. And seemed quite comfortable the the defense grew into the game and got better and better as the game went on it felt like the Jags weren't going to do anything offensively in the second half seemingly in control and then a mad thing happened Um, a defensive touchdown for Jacksonville which we knew ended the game because neither team was producing enough consistently offensively to do anything to to stem the tide and that was it they had a four-point advantage didn't get the sense that, you know, for however well Josh Dobbs played, it was a typical 2022 Titans thing of gradually getting worse as the game went on, offensively anyway. And yeah, that that was that was the moment. I don't know whether it was a fumble or an incomplete pass, but I do know that it was impossible to be sure in the three seconds it took um, the officiating team to review that touchdown. 
Um, for for those who I'll come back to you, Neil. But um, for those who've seen seen the game, anything to add to that? I'll start with you, Greg. Uh, no, I mean we seem to be going okay. It didn't seem to be. You know, we were ahead for for the last majority, and like you said, I think the the fumble was was obviously the big moment. But I think it was just a. It just felt like certainly in the second half, it was all around field position. We we had the ball. I'm not sure. Again, not doing research, classic me, but we felt like we had the ball within, within the 10 on every drive, um, which didn't help us because, you know, when you're backed up with a third string quarterback or maybe that's harsh on Josh Jobs because I don't think he's done a bad job at all. But when you're, when you're backed up like that, you just, you're asking for trouble. And, and in the end, it was the interception to start with, the one down, down to Burks where he just undercooked it um, that started that was the first, the first kind of player I started thinking. Oh, I just see the momentum starting to turn, but then Jags weren't really getting anything on on their offense because the defense stepped up, and and this is one game you certainly can't put on them, that's for sure. But yeah. second yeah. half offense has been a problem all year. Um, I, I think you know we've just been. Oh, I'm not sure how many points we we've got out of that the total number of points we've got, and we've only been averaging what 17, 18 a game that have come in the second half, but it's just been average of two average of two fourth quarter points for the season. Two. Yeah, um, that's just not good enough. It's not gonna get it done. And we knew it wasn't gonna get it done. Um Harry, what did you make of it? Um yeah, I mean obviously disappointing, but like I said on Cartex it's probably a silver lining. Um we get a decent draft pick and it's not what you want to see as a fan. You never want to see a loss, but Realistically, I think with Josh Jobs, you know, no matter who we had behind centre, he's not going to be able to do much. We could have had Tom Brady in his prime and with that O-line, you're asking for trouble all the time. And that sort of came to fruition, especially on that undercooked throw, because I think the clock in his head went a bit quicker than it needed to and probably didn't put as much arm into it and leg into it as he needed to. And But on a positive note, I think Chig looks like he's going to be a, a stud at tight end and maybe even cheeky fullback at points. Um, going well, his, his touchdown was rolling out from the fullback position. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of time for Chig. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, going forward, obviously it, I'm sure we get into it in a minute, but it's going to be a, an off season of change in a lot of different positions and a lot of different places. But um, to have him as a cornerstone of a position, which we've struggled to fill since Walker and, Smith did an okay-ish job and then left, obviously. Um, it's exciting and something that you can take into the, the off-season with a bit of joy, knowing that even though an offensive display wasn't great, um, he was a, a shining light in that. I think for what it were, for what it's worth, Traylon Burks will be too. Um, he's been less consistent, partly because of injuries. Um, I think he's probably a bit... He's a bit rough around the edges, I think. Uh, maybe he's... Confidence is a bit up and down, but um, yeah, there's a, a huge amount of talent there. We've seen enough flashes to to believe that. Um, I got pretty angry about the officiating decision on the fumble slash incomplete pass. I was quite well. It was it was one of those moments that I knew that was the game, and I knew we'd been. I don't know if we'd been cheated. <sighs> It was maybe the ends justified the means. It was one of those. Um, but it didn't really take me long to calm down because I quickly realised that 
the best team out of the two is in the playoffs. Um, it might not have been the best team out of the two on Saturday, but the best team out of the two, given the momentum and how the second half of the season was, for sure. And I don't think we we can have any complaints. We know we've covered the many, the multitude of, of reasons why we went from seven and three to seven and ten. Um, and mercifully, a lot of them have been have been covered. Um, a lot of them are being are being dealt with. Um, Neil, I, I was more. I, I was sorry, Adam. I was more. I was more angry. I think on that fourth down play right at the end of the game and what was. Uh, how how it, the season came to an end was is just in such a pathetic waving the white flag. It was a metaphor, manner. wasn't it? It was. It, it was. was ju- it was yeah. dreadful, and that, and that that actually angered me more than the fumble. The fumble, yeah, the, the, the how quick they made that decision that that was a that was review and a touchdown is was just laughable, really. But that final play, Jesus, if you could sum up the season in one play, it's, it's got to be a, a dump off on, was it fourth and 14 or something? I can't remember again. Well, was, exactly it, was there was, a false start or a sack that got us there that shouldn't have been? I can't, yeah, it was, you. Yeah. I, I didn't have any, even if we converted that fourth down somehow. Uh, no, me, me neither, but to, 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 and I'm not saying this was what was called, maybe, I mean, Burks was open, which made it probably worse to a certain extent, but yeah, I mean, you've got to take a shot downfield there. You've got you've got to get 13, 14 yards. You've got to take some kind of shot. You can't just dump off and, and hope for a miracle. It was an epitome of everything Todd Downing's been in as an offensive coordinator. And it's not the first season that our season's ended by a bad throw when a wide receiver's been wide open um, mm-hmm. in the last few years. And it's, yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? But That's the yeah, most separation any of our receivers have got all year. And it's like, <laughs> it, just, it just didn't see him just at all. But yeah, it was a sad end. Yes, um, I, it's a pity that we can't use. Well, we can, and I'm sure we'll see it. The the gif of another legendary Derek Henry stiff arm. There was a nice meme, a picture of Shad Khan asleep watching in the first first half. There was that Jags fan with the Trevor Lawrence wig seemed to be crying, except I think he was sort of faux crying. Uh, but all all that stuff is is just hits the cutting room floor, I guess, for for social media. But we're now in the off season for us. Um, we've got through, we've gone through Black Monday, um, and well, four co- four of the coaching staff haven't escaped unscathed, and it's including obviously Todd Downing. Neil, give us a reaction to to that news. I mean, I guess it's not a huge surprise that that it happened, but that it wasn't beyond the realms of possibility that it wouldn't. No, uh, what a, a strange sort of tenure it's been when if you look back on <laughs> Todd Downing's like two seasons as, as offensive coordinator I mean he sort of he took the first steps to to neuter in what was a, a previously good offence last season and then this season has just totally obliterated it and then Todd Downing being Todd Downing he coaches his best game all season against Green Bay then gets caught <laughs> drink driving yeah, and we don't win yeah. another game which is just, it's, it's just p- pretty much his entire tenure in, in a nutshell, in microcosm, because I, I think it's just been a disaster. And I, and I think, I think Vrabel's faith in him is sort of, I think it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a reflection on Vrabel's personality, I would imagine. I, I don't think it's, 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 it's blind, I don't think he's been blind to 
the way he's called games and the way he's put us in positions to lose. But I think man-to-man is, is, is sort of the type of coach that backs his guys, if that makes sense. Did you did you see the press conference yesterday? So before the the firings were announced, that, that in itself is a bit weird. Like you're going through the charade of having this press conference. Mm. Oh, these decisions are all to come down the line, all to come down the line. And about an hour later, they announce yeah. the, the sackings. Um, so, but Mike Brable said some stuff. Like he he seemed to throw some of his players under the bus a bit. I mean, defending Downing. Maybe, maybe that was just he was just trying to do the decent thing, knowing what was coming. I don't know. It seemed a bit odd. My, was, my, was that my around biggest... injuries? I think was it was it around injuries where he was saying players were not feigning injury, but essentially oh, not not doing play. the fitness work and stuff. Yeah, almost. yeah. Surely also, criti- again... he criticised Derek Henry as well. Oh, did he? Um, I, I must admit, I didn't. I didn't listen to it, but I did. I think. I, did I think. I think. I should. I should clarify. I think that was taken a bit out of context because it was. It was a bit of a deflection. As all oh, right, even our best player has been putting the ball on the ground. That sort of response. I don't think it was like he set out to throw Derek Henry under the bus, but he did. No. He brought it up. So in fairness, he's not wrong. No, no, he's not. He's not. I think. I think the biggest issue we're down in, and we take away from his, his two years as coordinator will always, always be that he never put the ball in the hands of our playmakers in the most important moments. I mean, even like if you go back to last season, when Julio was fit, he would never target him. Never <laughs> looked for him. They were never involved in game plan. And and then obviously you've got the, the time on a debate about whether Derek Henry should be on, on the field on third down. I think that they're the biggest takeaways that I'll have from, from down in stint as offensive coordinator, that he were always on big downs in the biggest players who were targeting back into the roster players. I, th- I think he drew up some good stuff at times. Like he, he drew up like the prep, the prep in advance of a game. Like he, there would be plays that like that Henry throwing that pass against Green Bay. Well, that was like the nadir of, of Todd Downing, wasn't it? But like he he could draw up some good stuff and use the facts. And I, th- I think he quite liked to, like, as you say, not target Julio or like, do the obvious thing at times, but almost overthought himself. But as, as well as as good a job as he could do with that sort of thing, he couldn't ever, ever think on his feet and call the right play at the right time. Like no matter what plays are in the locker and there were always plays that we could execute in there the play like the playbook itself had some good plays in it i think it's just you know like the the old morecambe and wise sketch of playing all the right notes just not necessarily in the right order that was his play calling um and that that's where he fell completely flat and the, this year just exposed completely like last year getting away with it on the back of some better offensive line play for a start and the back of just having a like Derek Henry missed missed some time, but you know Foreman and other players coming in and playing well, but it, it masked it this year. Just the, those second half debacles that we've seen, like from a good scripted drive at the start to remind you what we can do, and then when the the chips are down, or not the chips are down, but when the pressure's on, when we need to make a play, there's just nothing because it'll be the wrong play or it'll be the wrong personnel in at the at the wrong time. So yeah, no, nobody, uh, nobody is sad to see him go. Are they? I'm, I don't think I've seen a single tweet 
at the Titans. Like, what on earth have you done that for? Um, it, it's pretty unanimous in making the, the, the decisions right. Um, there have been a few that have been calling for Brabel to be fired, but I think that's possibly in advance of this. Um, Brian's not here, but I know he he said before the, the downing decision was announced, I know he said that if we don't get rid of him, then I'm done with Brabel. You know, he's got to, got to make these tough decisions, but then he has. So, yeah. Here we are. Um, the, the Todd Downing era is over. It, I mean, I, I guess we should be grateful that it didn't go the way of the Terry Rubisky era and take a head coach with it too, which it could have done. Um, that, yeah, wouldn't have been worth thinking about. I mean, it looks like we are keeping the the best thing about this year in our, in our head coach, in my opinion. Be interesting um, to see um, with Rabel whether it was 100% his decision or whether he, it was a, you know, being pushed into it, this guy's got to go. Uh, and he's just said, you know what, fine. I, I agree to that. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure which way around it. It obviously would have been, but I mean, anyone who's watched this offense for the last two years and I'm including last year, I still think last year we, we got to where we got because of the, because of our defense really. Um, yeah, he had to go. There was absolutely no choice in the matter, and the reaction to it is it says everything to me. I think you you could tell that Todd was living on borrowed time. Uh, he 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 must have known it was coming, and or they they probably all knew it was coming. But you go through the motions, and it's like any any sport. It's the same thing. Like you, the the old chairman's vote of confidence in football. And all all of this stuff, it's like you can't say. They know he's never going to say in a press conference before it's announced. Oh yeah, he's a he's probably coaching his last game next week, um, unless unless a miracle happens. You're not going to say that. So it's it's a bit sometimes hard to read into these things. Um, I'm just going to divert to Discord Corner or Discorner as as you like to call it, Greg, and um, partly because. Some of this is is relevant, but also I've been very good at covering things. And then we go to Discord and the, the questions asked, we sort of answer, but in a different way. Anyway, Fergal has asked three questions. Um, firstly, which players do we see being cut or traded away this offseason? Now, it feels like almost anything is on the on the table. Um, Neil, start with you. Any Any names that... That jump out. Um, any surprising names, in your opinion, that you think we will get rid of? Uh, I think there'll always be that kind of surprise. Every off season, there'll be a player who will not be expected to to get caught in the, in the duel. But um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many obvious names, which <laughs> makes this an hard question to answer because there's, there's so many obvious names that. Coming to end of the deal and the pay too much as it is, so I, I, to be honest, I don't think. I'll, t- I'll I tell you what. Let's flip this. Who are we? Who are we going to keep? <laughs> might might I, that be easier? I don't think. To be honest, I don't think Vrabel will be the type to want to like sort of take an axe to the entire roster. I think he'll he'll back his ability to coach, coach up players that is is work with and already made progress with. But I just think the the key aim for the off season is to, is to just add playmakers. You can't win without an offense. Do you know what I mean? And I and I think 
I mean, all along the offensive line, other than perhaps maybe Ben Jones, I don't think any anybody's position sort of secure. Well, Pity Pity Frere obviously was a rookie. I yeah, I, I, mean, I imagine he'll he'll continue team. as a a right tackle. I mean, he's he's done probably had a better first half than the second half of the season, but who didn't? Um, Nate Davis I mean, is an interesting one. I don't know what, what Bud Dupree or uh, even Landry, I don't know what Landry's contract's like for, for getting out of, but that's a, a really, like, that's pretty much the worst injury that a, a pass rusher could have. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, yeah, I don't think he's going to come back and, and be racking up double-figure sacks immediately. I think he's going to take some time to get back into any kind of groove. So I don't know what his contract's like for for getting out of, but I don't know. I, 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 there's nothing that immediately jumps out at me that would be a shock. If you get what I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, what? Well, what about Derek Henry? This has been floated around. I don't. I don't see it myself. But we we've touched on this in recent weeks. Harry, any any chance that we we move on from him? I mean, as as Neil said, it, there's a chance that pretty much anyone could go. Um, but I think Derek Henry is such a stalwart of the the franchise. You know, he, I think he means more than just the yards that he gets on the field. And I know that sounds stupid, but he sort of sets the tone for the franchise as a, as a whole with a, you know, be stronger, bigger than the, the other team kind of thing. And unless they're going to go in a completely different way, which may happen depending on what OC they decide to get in and what scheme they decide to play. I can't see that happening. And same with Ryan Tannehill, you know, we're in cap power if we try and get rid of him this year. And I can't see that happening, really. Um you know, like you hear Aaron Rodgers being banded around and stuff like that, but I just think it's impossible <laughs> to make that work underneath the cap hit. And to be perfectly honest, I, I wouldn't I don't want, want to. No. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think that those two stay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Trees moves in some way, shape or form. Um, I think Hooper as well maybe is on the cutting block in some way, shape or form. I don't think he's necessarily a bad player. I just think they'll want to see more out of Chig. Um, you know, Luan has been talked about going, but actually I think if we could have a year of him on a cheaper deal, um, which I think he'd probably take a discount for for Nashville, whether he stays healthy or not, it's a completely different story, but um, I'd take that as well and, and snap his hand off for a slightly cheaper deal just to keep some of our more experienced players in whilst we try and do sort of a, a mini retooling, a mini rebuild, because I don't think it needs... The kitchen shed thrown at it, but it needs certain changes. You know, Cunningham can get in the bin if he's not already. Um, players like that that are yeah, just taking yeah. too much money for what it is. Um, next question, Greg. Um, what's our initial thoughts on our number eleven draft pick? Could you see us going for a QB? I've, I've actually, I don't really have any idea right now. It, it's, it's difficult. You have free agency as well to judge at this point, but. Um, what do you think? You're going to say you Hendon at... Hooker or something, Bob? Because I know. He's <laughs> no, I think I think because of Hooker's injury, he's going to fall quite quite a bit. It'll be probably a, another third round flight that we put out for for another quarterback. But um, J Rob th- would have reached. Um, he'd love that. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I think I don't think it'll be a quarterback. I think there's an, there's too many teams ahead of us who a quarterback needed um, or needy. Sorry, I should say. I think the and there is 
two, possibly three quarterbacks that, that you want to go for in that first round realistically this year. And that's, I assume, will be young. We'll probably go to Houston because I don't think Chicago need a quarterback. They've got fields and they don't need a quarterback. So I think young will end up going there. And then you've got Stroud and Levis. And I've could, Chicago do, could Chicago do what we did with the Rams and Jared Goff? Like, cause... I think they could They could, because I don't think they're desperate for that number one pick and they'll, they'll probably take it but would you want to give up um, what are you going to have to give up to, to do that we haven't got many picks in this draft I think it's only five yeah I'm not, I'm not saying it would be us I, I, unless oh, the, no. only, the only thing I've seen suggested if we did that was to offer Jeffrey Simmons which I can't which is no. utterly ridiculous and mm-hmm. I know I wasn't asked the question for who, who, who's going to go but one thing you need to nail down this year is get that contract sorted and, and signed as soon as possible and that's one thing I will say but no I think in the draft I don't see us going in that direction I think Tannehill is, is perfectly capable for another year I still think that they're, they're going to want to see more of, of whether Malik Willis is ever going to get to the standard that he needs to be at look we've all kind of brushed him under the carpet and said he's not he's not the man and we, we'd probably move on from him tomorrow but I don't see the team doing that so quickly so I foresee it being those two quarterbacks next year and I see us going potentially, potentially tackle but it wouldn't surprise me if we went receiver again if it very much depends on who's on the board at, at oh. 11 <laughs> I, I honestly think uh, there's so many we need to upgrade so many positions offensively it's just hard to call it depends who's there by end it as well like we talked about players who might not be here what's gonna happen to ben jones is he gonna actually just decide that he's had two concussions this year put on ir at the end of the year is he just gonna be like you know what i've had a good but a great career i can see myself missing more and more games i'm just gonna just gonna call it and call time on my career he might easily go away and do that we've got pretty much keep him in the locker room though just to get people motivated and fired up him and luan I love that. Yeah, I love one. With I'd love to keep, love to keep, but I think he's a he's a massive risk. You need someone behind him that isn't someone like Dennis Daly. Dennis Daly, Dennis Daly yeah. someone who's capable, and maybe that is why you know in that eleventh pick, if there is a, a left tackle available, at least Luan's there, and the guy can sit behind him and learn from one of the best in the game. Um, historically, maybe that's that's the way of doing it. But whether Luan will want to do that or not is is no one really knows. I don't definitely don't see it being a quarterback though. I think it will be. I'd be surprised if it's not a left tackle. But it depends who's there. It depends who gets picked up before. There's probably two guys without starting to reach that. From what I've read, and names have completely escaped me, so I don't even not going to quote who what their names are. But there's two guys I keep seeing this this kind of a lot of talk around. Um, I see it being one of them. If they're both gone by that point, then maybe we do go receiver and try and add those playmakers. I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen because there's an high possibility it will, but I'll lose my mind if we draft a tackle at 11. We just <laughs> All we do is chase offensive line players and like we ought to invest in a proper offensive line coach and, and sign some solid veterans. Stop! Stop throwing burning eye picks on on left tackles. You know I, what I mean? I don't, I don't disagree with that. Well. I don't disagree yeah. with that. At all. I would love to do that, but it's, it's who's available, who's on the market, yeah. and, and is our cap space going to allow us to do that? Because we all know left tackles who are vets, who we yeah. know are good, are going to have to get paid a hell of a lot of money. Um, so it's it's I think, either way, it depends whether you want to run the risk on it or not. I think they just need to get quality depth, not depth. What's failed on other teams like Dennis Dalys and such. Do you know what I mean? Look look for quality depth and maybe pay a premium if they have to, but invest in the coaching as well. 
The, the, the what, offensive line is the most important position yeah. on this team with the way that we run this offense. And unless we go down a route of where we say, actually, we're not a run first team anymore and we're going to go down a completely different pathway with this offense, which I don't see us doing realistically, unless we go down that route. No, not while we've got, got Tannehill, got to, I don't think. You've got to invest in, in an offensive line. You have to do yeah. that, whether that's Fets or whether that's going high in that draft. I, I don't mind going for a left tackle at 11 as long as it's someone who pays off. But obviously, we all know it's a shoot. It's true. We all know the draft is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're just, but we've burned so many high picks on offensive linemen. We can't get it right. So fundamentally, there's, there's something wrong there for me. So fundamentally, we need to invest in coaching and invest more in free agency because bringing in young guys, rookie guys, late round draft picks, early draft picks, no, no combination of this has worked. How many successful teams no, in this league have, have spent yeah. a first round pick on offensive linemen to build There's an offensive lineman from you know from yeah. scratch almost? How, how many? Uh, probably not many. I mean, Most Chiefs, Chiefs like, Kansas City like accidentally took Eric Fisher because there were nobody else available. <laughs> and they ended up being fairly decent. You know what I mean? It was a really bad draft that year. Well, I think we drafted Chance Warmack that year. Yeah, um, you're right. Sure. But, yeah. But, yeah. It, but it, was a sh- it was a shocking draft. But really, I can't think... Uh... I remember, do you remember the hype? It was, are they going to take Eric Fisher or Luke Jokel? That yeah. was like the, that was all the <laughs> yeah. NFL network for three months was yeah. like, like that was Winston Mariota. Like that kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I mean... It, if whoever's the best wide receiver at 11, I would just choose and, and run straight away because you've got to score touchdowns at the end of the day. I do think it's a, it's a good draft for wide receivers this year, though. There's mm. there's a It's quite a deep class from, from what I've read, and I'm no expert at college football by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you can you could probably get in the third, fourth round a very, very good wide receiver. Shows all uh, five picks on wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm, I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna say one position um, just because Miles isn't here and I do think it's actually important this year. Middle linebacker, <laughs> middle linebacker, inside yeah. linebacker. We definitely need to to go out and get. I don't know what that looks like from a from in this class. I have no idea, but that has got to be uh, has got to be a need at some now with where we are. I wouldn't mind using that number eleven pick on a stud defensive player. Like you see what. Parsons has done for the Cowboys or something like that if it falls far enough if that player that is that generational talent all right maybe it's not the biggest need that we need unless it's an off the ball linebacker maybe safety going forward because who knows how long we're going to keep Bayard around for with his cap and Hooker as well though he's just signed Um, but we did use quite a lot of three sort of look safety as well um but yeah, that generational star that, you know, other teams are jostling for that quarterback wide receiver. There's a little run of those that go on. I wouldn't mind flipping the just side and going best, defensively. Best, best player available type thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I suppose a lot of this depends on the GM as well. I mean, he might be a first time GM. He might have previous, so we might get an idea of how he likes to draft. We don't know the way it's just it's up in the air a minute. Okay, Fergal's third question. This, if you thought these were hard to answer, um, what's our way too early predictions for the next season? Any chance we'll be competing for a playoff spot, or do you think we'll be in the wilderness for a few years? Honestly, it's my gut feeling is we might be in the wilderness for a little bit, 
but the the NFL things change so quick. You don't just I mean, you just can't tell. Like it, I think so much is going to change on the Titans that like anything between two and fourteen and for, for, three and fourteen and fourteen and three next year is possible. Like it, it we we there's so much unknown. So I honestly have no idea. Complete pass dodging that question. Um, <laughs> I mean, division's garbage, so you're always going to be in with a shout of the playoff place. <laughs> yeah, true. Although so. the Jags, I worry about. Um, for they're showing signs of not being garbage in the in the mid to long term future. Yeah, honestly, honestly, no idea. Greg or Harry, anything, uh, anything you want to stick your neck out with here? The one thing I don't want to be is mediocre. So if we're going to be rubbish, just be rubbish, because at least then you know we get it out of our system. We've got that position then that we probably are looking for, you know, a quarterback at that point. If we have been that awful, so I'd rather just be rubbish if we are going to be, rather than win around a six-win, five-win game uh, season, I'd rather just, you know, do a proper bottle job and then, you know, move on and hope for the best, really. Um, but like Neil said, the AFC South isn't up to much. I do think the Jags will probably improve and I think the Colts will too, but um, there's always a shot when you're in the AFC South and you're facing teams that, you know, consistently fail, which is hmm. interesting. And this season, we've been one of them as well. Do you know what we need? We need someone with ridiculous optimism to come in and make a bold prediction about next season. Uh, so in this seems to become a thing, like Miles just dropping in for a little chat in the middle of our podcast. Um, hi, how are you? Firstly, we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, lads. That's it. That's what we need. That's what we need. Go on, give it. Give us a. Win loss record 2023 prediction from Mr. Tarry. That's what we're having. Um, well, I'll have 12 wins. 12 now, wins. I, I, I have to do that, but I, honestly, that's what the crazy side of me thinks, but I, I don't stand by that actually. Although, oh. Downing, no, 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 no. Actually, we could, we could let anyone run this offense and we'll do better than what we've done this year. So we have to get at least 10 wins, right? <laughs> it, it's, it does. It does show you anything is possible. So many, so many unknowns. Um, it's absolutely bonkers. I'm going to ask you the next question, which is for Rob Langley. Um, how glad are you that this season is over? A, very happy. B, really, really happy. C, absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, all, all, all three. Um, the, the, the season ended in car crash form, and normally they say, oh, it's like watching a car crash in slow motion, but I'm quite glad it was in quick motion, so we didn't have to tell it. I mean, losing to the Jags, if that was the only way we were going to do it, then I'm sure that's the only way we're going to do it. It wasn't a nice way to confirm we didn't get in, but we really got smashed in the playoff everywhere, every direction, and no one wanted to watch that. It's a lot easier to watch uh, the NFL when there's nothing riding on it, either fantasy or Titans. So I can actually attempt to enjoy some football now. The last, the last time we didn't make the playoffs was 2018 when we had that game against the Colts in week that the final week and Blaine Gabbert played and the inevitable happened. And I was pig sick. Like I thought we had a, a team that could compete in the playoffs with Mariota was fit. And I just, I was gutted. It was hard to watch the playoffs initially. You're just jealous of the teams that are there. Um, this 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 year, I just feel the opposite. Like I'm well out of it. 
I, I feel like a break from worrying about it. It's going to be quite. I'm quite looking forward to six wildcard games <laughs> this weekend that aren't going to cause any level of stress. Um, it's going to be good. But should we talk about who our next GM might be? Um, it's a bit of a weird one because we don't really know um, a lot about some of the candidates. And we're looks like we're a couple of people at the Niners that we're looking at, someone from the Bills. Um, but Miles, while you while you're here, any any thoughts on firstly who that might be? If you've got any opinions, um, how I get the impression that we're relatively relatively close to an announcement. Um, what do you make of it? I won't lie. I haven't put any thought whatsoever into it. Um, <laughs> so I was definitely the best person to go to first with this. All right, uh, Neil, um, Neil, give us a... <laughs> so, someone whose name is something to do with a, a day in the week or something. Oh, no, wait, that's the Colts. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, yeah, well, hopefully he's sticking around, obviously. It's a, it's a bit of a weird one because there are names that we don't necessarily know, as, as I say. Um, and you're sort of debating about what the strategy might be like in the draft and pre-agency, and we don't really know what direction it's going to take. All right, I'll give you an easier one, maybe. Um, next next OC. Um, oh, I haven't even looked at who's been like... Like, normally by this point, I, there's already been like a large amount of names. So, like, do you just know they've got to be like a head coach somewhere? I mean... Have I looked that he's been all right for uh, OC? Have we looked at anyone from college football? Because I, I know the Jags done that and it wasn't a, a, a good uh, a good move. But I <laughs> well, a head a head coach that did. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's, this a... is simple, surely. This who's our current tight ends coach? That's, that's, <laughs> that's normally who we go after, isn't it? <laughs> this feels like a, the time to change that mold somehow. Um, <laughs> like Tim Tim Kelly's the promote from yeah, within yeah. guy if there is someone isn't he um but he... do do we really want an in guy after like we need to burn it to the ground and start again situation um we need as many fresh faces as we can get um not just on the field but off the field is my opinion the question is do we want a head coach on on his way down or a, a positions coach on his way up there there's obviously cliff kingsbury's just been fired frank reich would be available bill o'brien who's who's in he's gone to college football but of that's of that sort of ilk um or there are you know not necessarily promote from within with the titans but promote from within from somewhere else if you see what i mean um harry where are you uh where are you leaning give us some wild speculation because we 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 don't know anything we're purely guessing yeah, I mean, that's always fun, isn't it? When you just guess on a podcast and it definitely won't come to bite you in the ass. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd personally prefer a head coach that's on his way down um, purely because they originally got the head coach job because they were good at offense. And that is something we've been truly awful at. So Sean McVay, for example, if he steps down from the Rams, I'd snap his arm off in a minute to come to the Titans. Not that he would, but I would snap his just, arms off. <laughs> just imagine that. <laughs> You know, just um, I wouldn't mind Cliff Kingsbury plays a completely different style to what we've been used to in the last little while. So personnel, maybe it wouldn't be what we're going for. But equally, that new gem might be looking for a different style of personnel anyway. Um, so rather than 
and left tackle who can't block anyone, you know, look for a left tackle who maybe can block somebody. Um, but no, like in, in terms of just, I wouldn't mind a Cliff Kingsbury, Bill O'Brien as well, bit of a fiery personality, maybe wouldn't get on the best with Rabel, but um, again, would be a good OC. Um, just anyone who can scheme up a game, make adjustments, and probably that head coaching experience does help with that, you know, knowing that, the NFL isn't linear at halftime. The other team will actually make a couple of adjustments to what you've done in the first half and be able to roll with that. And I think that comes more from somebody who's been in that OC position before and been in a head coaching position. Um, personally, I prefer experience over an, an unknown, really, at this point in the franchise that we're in. And if we're having to retool and maybe you don't have the best tools, the experience from coaching does make a huge difference. One thing I will say from, if you go with a, a, an ex-head coach, if you look at like what Dan Quinn's done to Dallas' defense, for example, brilliant. But they have, they have the personnel as well on defense, which makes Dan Quinn's job slightly easier. We don't have those tools on offense. There's a lot of change that needs to come. If you go and get uh, an ex-head coach, let's be realistic, they're going to, still be looking for the next head coach role they can go and get right most most of them unless they you know we we get one who decides they never want to be a head coach again which is unlikely we're gonna we're not we're not going to be well we'll be very unlikely to have an offense next year that's going going to set the world alight regardless i don't think we've got the personnel to do that so going and getting someone who could then go and get a head coach job the year after you're then starting again almost right and i think that's kind of what we had in a weird way with um with lafleur I mean, LaFleur wasn't impressive, in my opinion, when he was with us, but you knew he was interviewing for head coach jobs in the year that that he came to us, and there was always going to end up going on to a head coach job as long as he didn't, you know, have a shocker for us, and he did enough to go and then go and get that head coach job. So I actually wouldn't mind someone who's on the way up, someone who can help build this offense over the next two, three years, because it's going to take two, three years to build it. And I think having someone who's going to come in for a year, then potentially go off to a head coaching job, doesn't really, as much as I, I agree with Harry's point and Mars' point around getting someone experienced who's on the way down, who you know is at that level, I agree that's that's big, and I think that would help. But I do think that you have to you have to be kind of tread carefully a little bit. It's easy going just losing a year down the line. I genuinely, uh, I won't mind Frank Reich if I'm honest. I think, <laughs> yeah. To, I think when uh, it I would drive the Philly Colts won... fans nuts, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I, I think when Philly won Super Bowl as well, the guy's name escapes me, but he, he sort of weren't as heralded as the quarterback coach. The quarterback coach got a lot of credit at the time for for working with Falls and and sort of carrying on the prolific offense after Wentz got injured, and Reich sort of. Sort of fell into the Colts job, didn't he? With the when uh, Patriots guy Josh McDaniels jolted him. <laughs> that still cheers I, I me up every I time think, I think of it. I think he's. I think what I'm trying to say is Reich's always been somebody's second choice, and I, th- I think he'd come with something to prove. But like Greg says, there's always a danger that he's after his next head coaching job. But I, I can chuck out a, a sort of speculative name for general manager if you want. Yes, Based this is this nothing. is what we do want. This is exactly Based what we on want. Nothing other than just reading a quick list of candidates. I think Thomas Dimitrov could be one to watch. Oh, Atlanta guy. Big yeah. friends with Rabel. 
come from Patriot's system. Probably won't sort of supersede Vrabel's authority and quite experienced as well. Yeah, huh? I like that. I think I, I just I read that I'd like a list of 20 names here. And, it, and there's one that I can sort of rationalise. The you thing know, is, like, you... by, by pulling a few, few loose ends together. Thing is, you see, I bet a dozen of those 20 names I'd have to Google. That's the thing about a GM yeah. search. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's maybe that's on me um, rather than anything else. But yeah, I could get behind that. I mean, the, the 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 couple of 49ers guys that we're interviewing or uh, rumored to be interviewing. I'm not entirely sure, but that's that's a weird one. They they have been a franchise that have done things a bit differently, and John Lynch is the big face of it. But I I think that they're very influential in what they've done. And obviously they've, they've leaned towards throw everything at a guy they want to get. They threw the house, a load of picks to move up to get Trey Lance in the draft TBC on that. Um, they threw a load of, of um, capital to get CMC in the middle of this year, which seemed surprising. Um, but look, look where they are. They are, they're not going to die wandering. Um, I think at times J Rob wasn't going to die wandering, but tended to get it wrong. The the more recent, the more into his tenureship he got. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. Um, it's it's so much is uncertain though. Like, it, we just we just don't know what's coming. Um, and I guess I guess it's going to be fun and stressful finding out in the next few months and, and years. But who knows, Harry? You about you look like you're a yeah, I think that's. Although this season's been disappointing, obviously from a, from a, on the field point of view, it is exciting still to be a Titans fan. And okay, we could be talking now about a wild card game against the Chargers, which we probably know we'd lose. And going into it, saying, "Oh, I'm not rating our chances," and Greg would probably be on a flight, spending money on something he doesn't even want to be at by the time he's there, and <laughs> it would all be a disaster. Whereas actually, we've gone into this off season with a decent draft pick. Probably a bit of cap space to play around with once we make our cuts, and it's it is a season of change for us as a as an organisation. But that's also good. I'd rather not be mediocre and not be a one playoff win team. Like Neil said the whole time, you know, we've been sold a contender, but we're we're nowhere near that. And I'd rather change everything now and actually see what happens. And who knows? We could go back to 2012 and 2013 where we're absolutely crap. But we could also improve and, and end up finding, you know, 28 rounds at different positions because obviously we need 28 because uh, we get injuries every two minutes. So, you know, it would be good if that happens. Um, and yeah, just not necessarily just a round, by the way. You know, I wouldn't mind a, a JJ Watt or, you know, another. I'll I tell you what, I stopped saying divisional um, heroes, should I? That would be great. Um, but, so, um, but yeah, just you know, finding some studs and, and life becomes more exciting as a Titans fan. But um, yeah, I'd rather rather do that than just be mediocre and eight and eight and nine and eight and getting knocked out first round of playoffs. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'll throw a completely different topic at you before um, we move into non-Titans related. Um, it's sort of gone a bit under the radar, I think, speculation on this, but London games for next year haven't been announced. We do one, right? Um, 
possibilities. You know, we are due to play all three Florida teams on the road this year. Um, the Jags will obviously have a, a game, a home game over here. The Bucks and the Dolphins have both been teams that tend to struggle to sell every single game out and seem more happy than most to, to bring a, a London game over here. What chances? I I don't know if anybody knows any more than that. This is pure speculation. Um, I do know the the Bucks have got one game in Germany. I know that for sure. But Ooh, that would be idea, which would be interesting. Um, but I have no idea. I've no idea about uh, who's apart from the Jags, obviously. Which I mean, at some point we'll, we'll probably get a game against them. Um, what I do know is is if we are going to be that next year in transition, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great fun watching us get pummeled against whoever we're playing. Oh, that's perfect for London is to find a team that's <laughs> yeah. struggling. Um, I I would say it is likely. Purely because, and this is going to sound like a weird theory, but I think it will be on that third weekend of October, which is like the 20th or something like that, 2021st, because Luke Combs is also in London that weekend. So, yeah, I'm hoping to get there too, Greg. It will be very exciting. And, uh, and yeah, Luke Combs will come. All of Nashville will come to watch him. And then we'll celebrate and uh, watch the Titans win as well. I'm just watching Adam Google who Luke Combs is. Hold on. I was just about to say, a side note, I shook his hand when I was in uh, Vegas in December. Oh, really? Humble brag. I have no idea who you're talking about. You're quite yeah, right. I'm with Adam on this one. Uh, he was, not, he not was a performing clue. before uh, we got our stage set up for our event. Um, for what it's worth, I've got my heart set on going Miami. Um, so I'd quite like that to not be the... London game. That's that's a pretty selfish way to look at things, but uh, that's fine. You, you Never know. going to Miami again. <laughs> yeah, seven seven hours of um, lightning free football starts now. Mm. Yeah. Um. Well, who knows? Well, we're this is a podcast full of wild speculation. That's just what this is. I would love a Germany game. Actually, I think I prefer Germany than London. To be honest. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get to. Uh, My I bank can... wouldn't. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean Munich. Munich's great, uh, but it's it's easier to get a ten minute train down the road to Tottenham. You know. Yep, we're in Tottenham. Humble brag. When they're not striking, anyway. Yeah. Right. Any any other Titans related business that I've missed or that we we should talk about? Where we've been waffling on quite a while, which is what we do. I, I just want to say pay Big Jeff. I'm sure you probably mentioned it, but I was late, but pay pay him. That's it. We have, but it, there's, so we can't say that too Jeff. many times. We cannot um, say that too many times. I'll yeah, spend yeah. cash up, whatever. Let me know. <laughs> if a whip round is what it takes, we'll organise that, seriously. Um, right, non-Titans related. Miles, um, um, what is happening? J- just like rocking up sort of last minute, uh, in the drive, I'm definitely prepared for a non-Titans. Um, who's annoyed me? Who's an- <laughs> oh, well, actually, I don't. I've, I've been, I've been again humble. Bra- Is it weird humble brag? I don't know. I was really sick at the weekend with this uh, norovirus. Um, That's definitely not a humble brag. No, I was going to follow up by saying I had a massive weight loss because of it, and that's sort of a weird. <laughs> humble brag. Um, but the people. 
I've, I would, I just wanted to sort of shout out other that. other diet techniques are available. But this one was the most effective. I can tell you that. <laughs> it was like Pompeii escaping me. Um, yeah, I, when I went to the uh, hospital, I just wanted to. It sounds weird, but I wanted to shout out how amazing they were. I wasn't exactly on my deathbed, but like I thought I was going to die. That's how I felt. And it's amazing that I listen. I'm the worst when I get sick. When I get sick, it's like everything needs to stop. I, I when I get sick, it's bad. Um, and yeah, they. They, they made me realize that actually, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. Um, and they were amazed and they, they made me feel good. So thank, thank you, hospital, as always, because you always get your good and bad rep. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pay big Jeff. Yeah. Norovirus is like that. You're absolutely appalling we're, for we're, 24, we're 48 back. hours. And then yeah. you were right. It's weird. It's horrible. Oh, I, I felt like a dream afterwards in terms yeah. physically. Like physically, I was... Delightful. Once you realise that you're past it, the euphoria is quite strong. It's, I think five or six years since I've had one like that, but boy, boy, is it severe. Um, Neil, what's uh, what's going on up there? Well, at risk of being stereotypical, I'm going to be uh, talking about price of things. So yes, obviously, I've yes. got... Um, they, make they make Scottish people look generous. That's what they say. <laughs> So I uh, went away for a weekend to York with, with my wife and uh, basically I just drink lager or Guinness, whichever. Um, so for me, that's like a, a cheap sort of round. But when you go to the bar and you come back with like coppers from a £20 note because she's had like a screaming cinnamon flip-flop. <laughs> What? <laughs> tell me, tell me that's an actual name. I think I've had another square one with Harry. I was going to say uh, a screaming cinnamon flip flop is something you gave her afterwards as well, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, I know what it one. is, and that's an episode title. <laughs> <laughs> Markup on these cocktails must be unbelievable. Oh, that's that's where they that's where they make all their cash, isn't it? Not, the duty and everything else is all on your beer. Um, but they they saw you coming, didn't they? They definitely did. <laughs> and they're putting like Oreos and stuff like that on top of it. I just I, I don't know. Maybe I'm showing my age. I just don't understand it. It's... Why can't she just have a lager and black like normal women? <laughs> <laughs> ideally, ideally, skull if possible. Um, or whatever the Sam Smith's lager is, that's the one you should find. Get take us to a Sam Smith's pub. I bet York doesn't have any of those. Um. <laughs> There's uh, no way she'd get by in there because she can't go on your phone. <laughs> so she, she, she'd absolutely just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how she'd function. I'll be honest. <laughs> Excellent, Greg. Non-Titans related. We've already briefly discussed the. Stevenage's win on Sunday, which which was, I mean, the FA Cup never dies for me. Being a being a lower league team, it's one of those things that I know the big Premier League teams um, basically always stick out most of the time. Kids and reserve players or whatever, for, for certainly if they're playing a lower league opposition, but to beat a pretty strong Villa team was was incredible. But that's actually not my own on science related. Mine's actually also related to cost and why I continually on social media keep seeing people spending ridiculous amounts of money on prime i've never really used it or had it personally but it's some kind of drink that you can get you can get stuff delivered the next day for free anytime you want 
I just about to say, not, loads of that, stuff. not that prime, not that prime. The new series of Jack Reacher that's quite good. Uh, and they get, they, they, they're recommissioning no, Neighbours as well. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. It's coming back. Let's just circle back to that first. Uh, Neighbours. No, I'm not. I know what Greg's talking about here. He's talking about that. So, so do I. I know as so, well. But yeah, I know, just having... Adam, 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 Adam's just being a. <laughs> <laughs> um... I genuinely thought you guys were like. Hard to touch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I am, but I have I have an 11 year old boy. He doesn't know Luke Combs, but he uh, but he knows Prime. Uh, yeah, and, and I didn't actually realise it was related to is it logan paul and ksi etc but who that they're selling them for like 200 quid a bottle in some places it's like what on earth is it i'm i'm I'm, understand it's like an energy drink but like what's it made of like it's ridiculous like just keep saying that's what it's made of yeah so if do you think we should try and hype something up on this podcast and basically sell it for a ridiculous price quality street (laughs) <laughs> We've been there. I mean, I, I mean you'd be, you wouldn't be able to give them away. Um, certainly not at Christmas or with my family. There was loads of them left. But the yeah, it's a really really weird one. But I just keep seeing it everywhere, and I, I, I don't understand. Do you buy it up, buy it up, and get it on eBay? Then that's what you need to be well, doing. It's, really, it's just everywhere on social media. I don't get it. Yeah, I live not, about not. ten minutes away from that Wakey Wines guy who keeps coming on social media, selling it for hundred pound a can. <laughs> It did a TikTok the other day where, where a guy came in with keys to his Audi and then took like a crate of Primark with him, gave him keys as if they'd done a, some <laughs> kind of swap. <laughs> <laughs> Probably have. I, gen- I, gen- I genuinely saw, um, I think it was some kind of news agent somewhere um, who've got like promo girls outside trying to get people to come in and buy bottles. Yes, yeah, Wakey Wines. Is that, is it that, is that, that yeah. the one? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been yeah, banned off TikTok anyway because of price gouging. Ridiculous. Like he, yeah, one, and for us American listeners, I, I gather that you can just walk into any kind of Target or Walmart and just get as many bottles as you want for like two dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna fly out. I'm gonna fly out to America and just fill my case full of it and pay for, your, pay for your flight and get back. Yeah, exactly. Case of crap. <laughs> I mean, if it's got, if it's, I'm not buying anything that's associated to Logan Paul and KSI. They can both as far as I'm concerned. Um, this is a, this is all appreciated, Greg. Um, let's move on, Harry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I take my little boy swimming once a week. We go to a class, um, and it's lovely. It's a nice experience for everyone, um, especially when you have to dunk them under the water. Um, and they hate that; they cry quite a lot, do babies. But you know, you get you get told to by a, by an angry lady, so you you do it. Um, but you know. My my boy got his first badge this week. He's uh, ten months, and his badge was for being able to lie on his back, assisted by an adult, and then sitting back up again. I so can't really, <laughs> really, well, you probably could if I could hold you like I do oh, him. Please, so, I, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, want really, I want some really romantic music, and this is to see that. Harry's OnlyFans page is going really weird. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we got to make ends meet now. Gas and electric's going up, and my missus likes it like an Amazon rainforest here. So, you know, it's uh, it's fine. <laughs> I've got I've got to make it happen. Um, but yeah, so basically, it was a badge for me, not for the boy, because I'm holding him, I'm tanning him, well done, and then I'm sitting him back up. So I don't know whether to put it on my towel or whether I put it on his towel. Put it on um, your. Put it on your. Uh, 
square one Oswald Stew uniform. That's where no, you put it. That'll be it, right, right next to the heart. Um, and also, just on another point, when it comes to swimming with babies, um, you know, gents can also go in a family changing area, and it's not weird. Um, and thirdly, um, they should employ someone to hold the baby whilst you get changed, just as a courtesy thing, because uh, you know, if you're wet and you're trying to get a, a kid changed, it's a nightmare, and you just both end up soaking and miserable. Things I don't miss from having children that age. Um, I never knew, I never realised sexism was such a thing until I took both, both of either of my children swimming at that sort of age. Boy, boy, do you cop it. Um, yeah. I shouldn't really complain. That uh, sounds like a bit of a privileged thing. Oh, it was a discrimination against men. Yeah, well, it was. Deal with it. Uh, um. Quick one, quick one to finish. I went to the FA Cup, uh, Tottenham's FA Cup game at the weekend and there were train strikes. So getting there by public transport was impossible. Um, second time I've done this. But if anyone's not aware, Google Just Park. Um, there are a few sites that you, that you can do this. People rent their driveways out for like four hours. Um, so seven quid um, parked a bit of a little, little walk away from the Spurs Stadium. Secure driveway, don't have to worry about it. You don't have to meet them, you don't have to exchange pleasantries. You just book it, pay for it on the app, rock up, park your car, walk to the ground, watch the game, drive home, beat any traffic because it was in a clever sort of area to park. Um, brilliant. So, if you need a, like any any events like that, sporting events, I'll use it again. Superb idea, highly recommend. There you go. I have to park about two mile away from Ellen Road to actually feel safe. <laughs> well, the, Tottenham has a similar <laughs> similar issue. <laughs> yeah, the part of the walk isn't particularly pleasant, uh, but yeah, other than other than that, it's all it's all good. Um, ironically, parked in just about an E17 to go to N17. There you go, some London postcode and um, stuff going Don't on. Don't leave me alone like this. <laughs> Right, that is enough of us. Lovely to chat to you. Um, we'll we'll be back. Well, we're not be back next week, I don't suppose. Um, we'll probably get a well-earned break ourselves. Um, we'll when, be back when... um, yeah, we've got. We'll have we'll have Harry's quiz to come up. Um, all of that sort of stuff to look forward to. Oh, Off season, hundredth episode special next. Whenever the next one is, so oh, it will be. That's got to be a that's got to be a Harry's quiz. It feels. I like am the right. champion. I am the champion. Uh, if you say so, I can't remember. That means I can't remember. Can't, of course, he can't remember. <laughs> Still having nightmares about it. <laughs> episode 100 Greatest Titans. Oh, 100 growth. That feels like a lot of work, but blazing game. I mean, just can I just read out our IR list from this year? There's got to be 100 players on there, and yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a shout actually. The 100 players we've probably used. Um, right, quick. I mean, we didn't mention it. Ryan Stonehouse, world on that record. Um, that's all we need to say about that. Right, um, out of here. Uh, have a have a well. Enjoy the playoffs, everyone, and obviously tighten up as ever. Right now, don't know. Right.